hello. Welcome to Healthy Perspectives, a podcast that takes on current cultural and social issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. All right. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. And today, uh, got a pretty interesting one, I think. Um, look, many of you have been uh, following me, have been tracking this, um, you know, supporting even. And for all of that stuff that's going on there, I am super grateful. Uh, please keep doing so. It helps us keep uh, continue to bring you pr- uh, this content. Um but also, you're going to start to notice that there's going to be some things that have to resurface periodically. And that isn't because I want to be redundant. It's because I have to be redundant. In the mental health world, there's some things that we know. Number one, you're going to forget uh, probably about 75 to 50 to 75 percent of everything that I say to you within the next 24 to 48 hours. It's gone. Poof, disappears. That's the reality. We know that, you know, ask an educator. They know this stuff, just like we know this stuff. And so some things uh, become repetitive because people refuse to learn it. And that's okay. I, I'm not saying here saying you're stupid because the truth is I forget 50 to 75% of content that I listen to. And so repetition is valuable. Uh, it's, you know, I'm not going to take you back to, you know, the 1960s and, you know, getting up with a chalkboard and writing it a thousand times so that you remember, although truth be told that method works (laughs) because the repetition is what makes it stick. And so today, uh, I'm going to be giving you, uh, my, my, my big question that outlines this is will politicians save you? I more and more in my office, more and more in my interactions am running into this, this, this myth. It's, it's straight up. That's what it is. It's a myth that the politicians have the big task of rescuing us as a nation, but that's false. And today I'm going to prove it to you. Okay. Like uh, I'm going to give you all the evidence that you need. To, to go to battle and, and have this discussion with anybody that you need to in a calm, respectful, meaningful manner. The only question is, will you do it? I don't know. That's up to you. That's not up to me. So let's start with, you know that I'm a social science guy. This is like my area. I love studying psychology, sociology, and culture. This is my wheelhouse. Uh, I, I like the study of medicine, but it's not my, my, what I would consider to be my strongest area. Do I have a lot of background in nutrition and stuff? like? Yes, but I'm not a nutritionist. Uh, I'm not a medical professional. I'm not going to mislead you and make you think I'm a doctor when I'm not a doctor. But I'm also not your religious leader. And that's going to come into play today. I, I, I'm just a guy on a journey, like many of you out there in the world, guys and girls, uh, men and women who are on your journey, your spiritual journey, I'm just like that. But I've been on this planet for a while also. So there there may be some things that I've learned along the way. And so that's going to come into play today. Um, I have stated before the influence hierarchy. 
the idea that psychological, the individual is the first and always the most essential component. Why? Because you cannot have a culture. It's impossible to have a culture if you don't have an individual. So is one individual the most important? Yes and no. Here's how that's a yes and no. The individual makes the culture. But without multiple individuals, you won't have culture. You have to have more than one in order to create a culture. So you can't do it without one. We know that. But it takes many to create a culture. Now, let's be clear. I'm going to go back. I'm going to start with the individual. Individual is the head, heart, and soul. Okay. Um, this there, there's I'm giving you the subcategories, right? So psychologically, head, heart, and soul is the subcategories, right? Sociological. That would be like family, friends, coworkers. By coworkers, I could mean uh, you know your peers in academics in school, okay? Uh, as well as your coworkers, say like at work. Um, but it's going to be those those social groupings. And once you have the social groupings, then you can have culture, right? So you're going to need multiple individuals in a group. So at least two individuals in a group and at least two or more groupings to have a culture. So the bare minimum, the bare minimum that you could have to have any kind of resemblance of culture is four. Now, the likelihood of creating a culture with four is super unlikely. Why? Because sociologically, we know that most groupings aren't really solid groupings until around usually maybe eight or more. So that's why in the clinical world, we call it a group and we try to get around. You can you could actually call it a group at six, but it's really strongest between eight and 12, 13. That being said, when you get larger than 12 to 13, you usually end up with subgroups within the grouping, okay? So that's why you can start to create culture once you have multiple groups of, yeah, I would say maybe, let's default with the uh, error on the side of caution, six or more in a group, multiple groupings. So that would be six and another six, and another six, right? You got to have multiple groupings in order to have a culture. Now, I painted that picture for you for a reason. Because I started with the question of will politicians save you? And I'm going to, I'm going to get there. In the culture is the subcategories are politics, economics, geography, religion, social norms. That's kind of funny to say that, but that's in there. Race. Uh, gender or sexuality. These are cultural categories. They're subcategories to culture, right? So if you say culture, you mean these kinds of things, all right? When you say social groupings, you mean family, friends, coworkers, and such. When you say psychological, you mean head, heart, soul of an individual. And remember, the individual is the primary mode for everything to take place. So let's dig into culture for a minute. All right. When we put politics, religion, race, gender, sexuality, economy, 
geography side by side. Which one of those is going to save you? Let's be clear. It's not going to be politics. It's not going to be religion. It's not going to be race. It's not going to be gender, sexuality. It's not going to be economy. You're not, an economist isn't going to save you. And not likely that it's going to be geography either. Although geography can make things easier or harder, and your survivability does change depending on geography, but it's not going to be the thing that saves you most likely. Um, so then what saves you? Big question. This is a huge, huge question. And it's a hard question. So when I look at this, and I say it's not going to be politics or politicians, it's not going to be religion, it's not going to be race, it's not going to be gender or sexuality, it's not going to be economists, it's not going to be uh, your geography, what is going to save you? Now, I want to give you several sources. So let's go... I'm going to break it down to uh, just a couple. A lot of you think politicians will save you. Politicians are people like you and me. Although they might not know you and me, how are they going to save you? They're going to create policy. What is policy? Policy is based on what? Law. Okay, so let's take a look at law for a second. Uh, if we look at law, I, I just did a simple Google search of law. And I, I went to lawyers' creeds. I went to uh, the oaths that they take. And what did they point to? I, I saw Texas's. I saw uh, Georgia's. I, I then also saw that they had one. They had the oaths for all 50 states. So I pulled that up. I looked at them all. Okay. And let me tell you what they all point to. They all point to morality, and the Constitution. Go ahead. Do your research. Do your research like I did my research. Please. That will make you more informed and better off. So please do it. Don't just take my word for it. Go do the research. Look up you know, the, 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 the oaths uh, for, for lawyers. I, I literally put in lawyers' oath of office in my Google search. And I got, there's one of them uh, that took me to the cdn.ymaws.com. And it, it showed a whole bunch. It showed literally all 50 oaths. And obviously I went, I, I saw uh, Georgia's, I saw Texas's. Um, they were just near-ish the top. And so I looked at them. Now, why do I point this, uh, you know, point you to this? Because if the oaths are about, um, the uh, morals and the constitution that I'm like, okay, so that might point in the direction of something that could save us. Right. Okay. So then the constitution uh, I went to, and I said, what does the constitution point to? Whether you like this or not, the constitution of the United States points to God. Uh, when you look at religion, it points to God. When you look at other cultures, the rise and fall of multiple cultures historically, and what do you see? You see the successes and failures of people 
toward what? Morality or God? Hmm. So I bring that up because I want you to understand um, a, a, a couple of things here. Uh, in the clinical world, uh, we, we're, we're not naive. We, you know, uh, hopefully, uh, I, I am not naive to this. I understand my limitations. I told you those right up front. I am not a medical professional. So I'm not going to give you medical advice. All right. That doesn't mean, you know, if I, if you get a cold, I can't say, Hey, maybe you should take a hot bath. That seems to work for me. That's not medical advice. It's just like, Hey, why don't you try this? I mean, if it doesn't work, you know, whatever, or maybe go see your doctor. All right. If you were meeting me in my practice, I'm going to say you should see a doctor. Not because I want you to go spend a bunch of money, but because I have limitations and I know them as a clinician. But I'm also not your religious leader, but I have walked the religious path, like I said earlier. And that becomes significant here because I'm not telling you you have to be a particular religion. Although I have my preference. And most of you who know me know that I am, I am a Christian and I walk that path. Um, you can see it in my life if you know me. But I'm telling you this because it's really important that you understand what could save you. If the nation falls, nations have fallen since the beginning of recorded records. Like Since the beginning, we've seen the Roman Empire grow and collapse. We've seen countries you know, grow in prosperity and collapse and, and, and become economically poor. We've seen nations and we've seen people migrate because of poverty and because of wars. This is, this is nothing new. I keep getting this, this comment in my, in my sessions with, with some people, not all, but some, enough to know that this is a real life concern. That America is done. We are a dying nation. Well, first of all, we're only 200 years old. So we're a young nation still. So I don't necessarily buy that. But let's say that's true. What makes a nation, folks? What has always made a nation? Individuals. Individuals have always made nations. When there's a coup, when there's a, uh, an insurrection, just to use common terms that you're hearing today, when there's uh, a, a, a war, when there's a famine, and a nation dies, what happens? The same thing that has always happened. The rise of something different, something new. Now, I'm not suggesting that I want that to occur because frankly, I don't, I mean, from my limited vantage point and my basic understanding of history, I doubt we're actually on that precipice. Do I think we got some problems here? Absolutely. Do I think we need to address them? Absolutely. But I'm here to help you see, one, your religion isn't going to save you. Your politicians aren't going to save you. Those, all this stuff points to something bigger, spiritual, a God. And if you can't see that, that's fine. But let's be real. Even though, let's say you don't believe in a God. 
okay, great. I mean, not great, but I accept that. And I, I'm not going to treat you poorly because you don't believe in God. That's just not my approach. I don't do that. What I can do, though, is tell you politicians aren't going to save you. You have a better chance of saving yourself than of being saved by a politician. You have a better chance of saving yourself than of being saved by your race. You have a better chance of saving yourself than being saved by your gender or your sexuality or your, you know, than an economist. You have a better chance of saving yourself. So why in the world would you default to the politicians are killing us and they're not going to be able to save us or they need to save us or any of that stuff? That's wasted energy. Get busy saving yourself. And I'm not saying that you can even do that because based on most religions in the world, you can't save yourself. You're not going to ever be good enough to save yourself from every possible issue that could come up in life. But it's better than believing a politician is going to do it. Why do I say that? Go back to what I taught at the beginning, the influence hierarchy. It's the individuals who rise and create groups, who rise and create cultures that always have the better shot. So if you have a better way of doing things, bring a buddy along. And then have your buddy bring a buddy. And then your buddy's buddy can bring a buddy too. And pretty soon you've got a growing, what we call a movement. But where did it always start? Always has, always will. It will always start with the individual. And frankly, why not you? Why not you? That's my challenge for you today. Why not you? Now, I'm not telling you to go out and riot, go out and harm people. I do prefer that you do it based on morals because when we looked at that legal stuff, morals and constitution, which ultimately leads to God, okay? So all of it points toward God. Go ahead, do your research. But morals are a big, big part of the puzzle. Have some morals. You can do this morally. You can do this in with love and kindness and care. We have seen it happen multiple times. Mother Teresa, Gandhi, Jesus. It's happened. We have examples of P uh, Martin Luther King Jr. We have examples to follow, folks. And here's my, my statement again. Why not you? That's what I got for you today. I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate our audience a lot. So we give you some simple ways to track us down. Please like, subscribe, and follow all the podcasts on different platforms, but you can also email us at healthyperspectives at protonmail.com, or you can check out our website at healthy-perspectives.com slash 
podcast. It's a backward slash. So if you want to go to our landing page, if you go to healthy-perspectives.com, you'll still find us. You just got to click on the podcast button. Thank you so much. Thank you.